Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As an entrepreneur, mother, wife, and former CEO, I share lessons and stories of both personal and professional successes and failures. Join me along with a diverse list of guests as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your career and your life. Together, we will embrace, empower, and educate each other. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. This is our second podcast of 2024, and I think it could not be better timing. And part of the reason I say that is because my guest today, first I had to cancel one we had set up in 2023, then she had to reschedule <laughs> one. So we're finally getting together. And I love it when the stars align because I think this is actually the beginning of the year, Christina, a perfect time for us to get together. So I will introduce you briefly in just a moment. But if you are a brand new listener, thank you for being here. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy this episode. Hope you'll stay with us to the end. And if you are a recurring listener, you keep coming back, then thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm Teresa Rand, as it said in the introduction. And I don't do a lot of commercials, but you can find out all you want to know about me and my consulting and my boss lady leadership community by going to Teresa with no H T E R E S A, TeresaRan.com. You can find out all you want to know and how to contact me if you're interested. But I want to jump into today's guest. I have with me today Christina, and Christina is a coach hypnotherapist, and a healer, Christina Woods. So, Christina, welcome. Can't wait to jump into our topics. Oh, Happy New Year, and thanks for having me. Happy New Year. And you are in California, so we're from California to Florida this morning. Um, We are. We are. We both have good weather. Our weather is is (laughs) nice most of the time, and even today it's nice. It's just cloudy. We like to see the sunshine, as as do you right? Same here. So tell me, before we kind of jump into a couple of topics you and I had briefly chatted about, describe for our listeners exactly how do you define a clinical hypnotherapist? What what does that actually mean? Well, so I work with clients I get to jump into their subconscious mind and, you know, there's different levels of hypnotherapy, but to be a clinical hypnotherapist, I had to do some extra mm-hmm. training and live training. And I had actually, um, the honor of training with Marissa Peer, who is a, wor- a world renowned hypnotherapist. She's all over Mind Valley, if you're familiar with Mind Valley. And she was actually voted the UK's number one hypnotherapist wow. and therapist. And I got to tra- train live with her. Yeah, it was wonderful. But, you know, it's, it's, this is my second career. I believe um, after 30 years, you had a, a change Absolutely. in careers. Same with me after 30 years. So this is my second career. And And so what I found um, through my own personal experience was that I had limiting beliefs and hypnotherapy was one of the ways that I was able to tap into them. So as a clinical hypnotherapist, there's techniques and methods I'm sure we'll explore, but 
It um, is a very quick way and a rapid way and a natural way to tap in and find out what those are and then upgrade and change them. You know, we've taught, I've had guests on here before talking about this subconscious and talking about our limiting beliefs, the imposter syndrome, of course, and and that's that's your information as well. But why is it that we have so much of that, that we have these, uh, and I, I think I'll use your words, self-limiting beliefs that keep us thinking we're not yeah. good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, healthy enough, whatever, fill in the blanks. And as we're going into a new year and we're setting goals, I think it's a great opportunity and a great time to talk about how do we overcome this subconsciousness that seems to want to keep us down sometime. Yeah, yeah, it dominates. Well, I I think first and foremost, understand, and I'll, I'll get into why we have these, these limiting beliefs, but understanding that the subconscious is 95% more powerful than our conscious mind is really important. And we probably, maybe we've seen that iceberg right. image where the conscious mind's above the water and 95% is below, but really embodying and understanding that 95% of how we feel about ourselves and the world, the lens in which we look through the world and view where we are, how we are, we compare ourselves to others is literally underwater. We don't get to see it, touch it, feel it. We think it's logical. We think it's above the water. We think it's crystal clear, black and white, but it isn't. It's underneath the water. We don't always understand it. I don't think we realize how powerful. It's a million times more powerful than our conscious mind. So, but to answer your question, why do we have these limiting beliefs? Why aren't the why aren't the powerful beliefs even more powerful and strong right. and, and empowering? And they can be. <laughs> but what happens is between the age of zero and seven, when we're learning and growing and evolving and kids, you know, little kids learn to walk and talk and do all these things before they're seven is we're in a theta brainwave until we're about seven. That's why kids can learn so much and they can learn so many languages so quick. And when we get older, it's, you know, so much tougher to do that. But during that time, we're like little sponges. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we had, you know, trauma or things happen to us that were unpleasant, but we can't really walk through life without having life happen to us. And it's really just the meaning that we've attached to things. So I don't know about you, but with the holidays that just happened, you can go to a family event and, you know, I sit next to my brother and I'll say, what are you talking about? I was at that (laughs) vacation and that I didn't have that experience or no, that wasn't fun to me. Why was that fun to you? You know, we have different experiences. So the meaning we attach to something is the only thing that matters. And throughout life, whether it's on the playground or a job we had or a boyfriend, girlfriend, these little moments, they create these beliefs and they build upon one another. And Throughout life, those beliefs, they they create these impressions. It's the meaning that we attach to them. And what happens is once you create a belief, your life will, your mind will look for evidence to build upon that, whether it's 
right or wrong, good or bad, your mind does not care if you're happy or sad or it's right or wrong or if it's even true. Your mind literally only cares if it's going to keep you alive and safe. So if having anxiety or keeping you small or procrastinating prevents you from getting your feelings hurt and not giving that speech or not finishing that project because you might be judged, if that's going to keep you safe, well, then that's what it's going to do. Because the belief might be, well, gosh, last time you got judged, that felt really bad. And maybe it was third grade and that teacher was nasty. So that's where these beliefs come from. It's just the, the mind's way of keeping us safe. And our primitive brain really needs us to, to lean toward connection because our primitive mind back when, if we, you know, left the tribe and left that deep connection, it was quite dangerous. Now rejection doesn't kill us. We feel like it does, but you know, rejection doesn't kill us. So, um, you know, not having so many likes on social media or something isn't going to kill us. Although, you know, some of us might feel that way. So if somebody is listening and they're going, okay, that really makes a lot of sense. I can pinpoint. And for anyone who's been in therapy, you know, a lot of times you go back, it's like, you know, I don't want to talk about my childhood. Well, all the things you just said are why it's important for us to talk about that. And to even yeah, do yeah. You know, some of the modalities out there that take us back to these memories that we maybe have forgotten about that caused us to react sure. or respond or to not act uh, in some way. We go back to those. But if so, if somebody's listening and they're going, oh my gosh, that's so true, I can think of a of some an experience that happened to me, and that makes sense why I don't fill in the blank now. Where would they start in unlocking that inner potential? Where where do you begin if you if you realize it? So now what do I do? What is my very next step? Yeah. Yeah. I think there so there's two parts. So quite often we realize perhaps things that may have happened in our life. But what we don't always realize is the the mean the the deeper meaning. So for example, we might look back and say, yes, my parents got divorced and that probably impacted me. Or yes, I had that you know, a divorce or a breakup or lost my job and that probably made me get a little insecure. We don't always understand the deeper, deeper meaning or subconscious beliefs. And so, you know, for example, a belief that I had for many years, I didn't understand. I was very successful in my corporate career, but people pleasing was still something I did. And, you know, bring it on, give me all the projects. I'll do them all night long. Well, what I, what I realized was when I went back in hypnosis and had a belief was that, you know, a perfectionist was created by the time I was five, probably, because if I did that, it kept kind of a a chaotic childhood. It kept things much calmer for me if I made everything perfect around me. I didn't really get that until I went even deeper. Did I know my childhood was a little chaotic? Yeah, I knew that. But I didn't get it that that was created to keep me safe. And that was why I kept doing it. Not until I went back and went, oh, okay, I don't really need to do that anymore. So Yeah. So getting a deeper understanding is important, but what can you do about it is when, when we're in that process of exploring it, one is 
looking at things with fascination and compassion, of course. So, you know, really stepping back and and getting in touch with our feelings, because so often, you know, things like self-sabotage or um, not wanting to actually feel the things that are uncomfortable for us is pretty normal. So, you know, I don't like to feel the things that I don't, you know, I don't like about myself or I don't like in life or no one does. We tend to disassociate from those things or, or not wanting to feel uncomfortable, but sitting with those things and getting really curious about them. And one of the favorite prompts that I give my clients is I, you know, whatever your name might be, I, Christina, I, Teresa feel, and then what do you feel? Because writing just like when, and really exploring just like when, when you start to associate, I felt this way back when, or I felt this way just like when, you start to see mm. a connection, you start to connect the dots. And then asking that feeling, well, I feel angry, I feel annoyed, I feel frustrated. Asking that feeling, how old do you think I am? So often you will feel, that feeling will feel Ooh, that feeling thinks I'm five years old or 10 years old or 15 when we're honest, because at first we said, that's such a silly question, but so, so often, almost always it will be under 15 years old, right. under 10 years old is how old the feeling thinks we are. And clients are so surprised that we're going back right. that far to a feeling that's still there. So you know, I, really I also, getting curious. If, if I, you know, chat with my mother sometimes about this kind of stuff, I'm careful that I make sure she understands, even though it may be something in childhood that created this sense of um, self-sabotage, it's not necessarily her fault or my father's fault or anybody's no. fault. It just, like you said, life happens even under the age of seven. Um, one thing that always yeah. comes to mind with me when I'm talking with someone about this stuff is... I was throwing a big event one night, one of my first big events after I, I left my career, uh, you know, and I was on my own. It wasn't just, you know, I didn't yeah. have an organization backing me up. And I was a nervous wreck, full of anxiety. And a girlfriend of mine who does some of this type of work, she said, come on, we're going to the store because I, I, I needed something. We were like an hour out and I was someone was going to go with me and she grabbed me. And she said, no, we're going. You're going to. I said, I can't leave. I got. Yes, you can. We get in the car and she starts talking and it's a long story. But basically what she got out of me in that 10 minute ride to the car is a memory of when my father, my biological father, who really wasn't much in my life, had promised me he was going to show up for a birthday event. And he didn't. Mm. And then he told me he sent a gift and I checked the mailbox for three days and he never, 60 years later, it's never, <laughs> never been 55 years later. And, and I was like, I remember looking at her thinking, are you kidding me? Is that why I'm always afraid nobody's going to show up? show up that disappointment yeah that and I so I throw events or even if I have an event at my house everything's got to be perfect and I'm anxious if people aren't there on time or and it just start you you just go oh okay right. okay right and how much more compassion you have for how that Though that anxiety you have, or just that process that you have, you see it differently and you can, 
you can process it differently now. Right. You know, once you, once yeah, you see Because it. you start thinking and, and I'm, I may be using the wrong, wrong word. So please stop me because you're the expert in this. But in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, this event when I was 10 has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm really feeling right now. The two people are going to show up to an event or a party I'm giving today. And I don't mean to, I don't want to diminish my feelings because they're still there, but it gives less weight to them. Is that maybe what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, our feelings aren't telling us the truth is honestly, our feelings aren't telling us the truth. So, so, which our feelings are valid because right. they're our feelings. So we don't want to say, you know, go away feelings, but they aren't telling us the truth. So we can pause and say, we, we need to understand them because that feeling will keep coming back. But once we understand, we literally, you know, we do have that neuroplasticity mm-hmm. and the ability to change the meaning attached to it. But you're right. It doesn't mean no one will show up and it doesn't mean we need to, create the stress and anxiety and the perfectionism around it because it's not the truth. The truth isn't that no one will be there. That was that one isolated circumstance, you know, that, that created a belief, but, but the belief is stronger than the reality, right? Yeah. I call it the committee in my head. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The committee in our head. So, and that's, so we can see how it's, it, you know, and you, you can exacerbate, it can be exacerbated when, if it is something traumatic or, you know, our mind looks for evidence to validate that, that something is true, to be honest. So, and we also practice how, whatever we're feeling, even if it's not a good feeling, we practice, we're feeling it over and over and over. So we're kind of practicing that and we don't want to practice the wrong feelings. So, the once we find out what it's rooted in, then we can pull that root up and you can now, now that you see it, you can't right, unsee right, it, right? Exactly. Now that you've seen that with your friend, ah, okay. So now you can tell that 10 year old, honey, that wasn't about you. That wasn't about you at all. And it sounds silly, but it's important that, you know, we all have an inner child. Yeah. We all have these archetypes within us. And we need to tell her that wasn't about you. You know that. And, but it doesn't mean she doesn't need to hear it because the belief is really powerful. And, you know, I think so many times we say, oh, forget it. The inner child, I'm, you know, 55 now I'm 60, forget it, move on. Um, Nope. (laughs) It's an archetype that's very powerful inside our subconscious and, you know, just the other day I was working with a very successful entrepreneur who is, you know, elevating her business and just keeps hitting a roadblock in something. And we got to a point where the subconscious belief is that, you know, she just cannot be, can't take her, her business is successful, but she can't take it one more notch up because she'll be a bad mom if she does. And the subconscious belief is like, you made it this far, but if you really go up any higher, you're really just going to be a bad mom. And that belief was so strong. We really had to go in there and find out what was the root of it. And it was so deep. It had deep roots. And once we could pull up those roots and she could see it, that it wasn't the truth, then I could create a custom audio recording for her 
that she has to listen to every day for at least 30 days, even 45 days till her subconscious mind could understand. But we had to do some negotiating with the mom archetype yeah. and the entrepreneur where you almost have to say, because if the mom shows up to work, she'll sh sabotage the work. And if the sabotage, yeah, work shows up to try and make Christmas cookies with their kids, she'll be bossy with the kids. And that won't work out either. <laughs> never, never works. So as we're moving into 2024, and I'm a huge, huge proponent of setting goals. And I do workshops yeah. every year in November, preparing to set goals. And, you know, I purposely do them November, December, not January. They're not New Year's resolutions. They're actual goals. But how yes. often do you think that, or let me rephrase this. I think we set these goals and then we don't, maybe we don't reach one or two of them. So it becomes this perpetuating thought that, well, I knew I was never going to do that. So it seems to me that mm -hmm. unlocking your inner, poten inner potential and setting your goals, that work needs to be done simultaneously. Would that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, I said earlier that our mind looks for evidence. So if we're not allowing ourselves to let praise in and to find the wins, then what do you think our mind is finding? <laughs> our mind is finding evidence. You don't show up for yourself. You don't, you know, so you have to pick. The mind has the ability to just pick one road. It cannot accept yeah. conflicting beliefs. It They cancel one another out. So if we're saying to ourselves, I have these goals, but I don't hit my goals, it's gonna, it, this is what it accepts is, okay, well, you set goals, but you don't hit your goals. So even if we're just inching toward our goals, yesterday, for example, I wanted to walk five miles on the beach. I got a late start. I walked a mile and a half. I could have beat myself up. You know, you lazy, right. you know what? You didn't get out there early enough. You got sidetracked and you started scrolling or watched a movie too long. No, I celebrated. I got out there. I still did a mile and a half. I got on the beach. I looked at the tide pools. I got fresh air. I celebrated a win. I wanted my mind and my body to know I'm a winner. I still did it. I moved it. I moved the needle. I moved in the direction. I'm, I'm, I right. still felt success. So that's really important to train our mind and our body and our energy to feel positive and praise ourselves and feel wins. So visiting our goals every day, but feeling, feeling our goal, feeling yeah. wins is really important. We get more of what we feel. Oh, I like that. We get more of what we feel. We get more of what we feel. And the words we say to ourselves, our mind really responds to the images and words that we use. And, you know, in hypnosis, that's the most powerful tool we have. But in life, you know, when we're setting goals, whatever the goal is, if it's a metric, you know, in a business mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, it, it has to have some very powerful words and images around it because that is what our mind responds to and make sure we're using very descriptive and powerful words and images. And it doesn't matter if you're more visual or not visual, just what are you saying to yourself about those, you know, those goals that you have for yourself? You know, I yeah. better or else or... 
as I listen to you, it makes sense because if all the self-sabotaging words continue to self-sabotage us, then why would not the reverse be true? We just have to learn and allow and teach ourselves how to be more positive. And it's not that's it's not that simple, but to use better words to really believe in ourselves. I mean, just when it all boils down, we have the capacity, we have the ability, and it's telling ourselves that over and over and over, even maybe sometimes when we don't believe it, if we keep saying it and keep moving forward, then eventually it's we're going to have those small wins, right? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the most powerful words that I will use with clients is just, I choose, you know, I'm choosing, I'm choosing to do this today because, you know, I think our world is so focused on, you know, you better hit that goal or else, you know, your business will fail or you're going to, going to be fat if you eat that, or you better do this. But the power in, I choose this, when I choose something, I don't know about you, but wow, I want to get up in the morning. I want to do this. I'm excited. You know, whatever polar plunge I did on New Year's Day in the ocean, it was freezing, but I chose, I do with my girlfriends every year. We dress up funny. We get on the front cover of the newspaper. Our kids laugh at us. We do it. It's freezing, but I I choose to do it and it's great. You know, if, if they made me do it, I guarantee I wouldn't get up every early morning on New Year's Day and do it. So I choose is very powerful. And, you know, it's, it's, again, we get more of what we feel, um, a pivot exercise. If we ever feel off track with our goals, cause like you said, we, you know, we get all excited at the beginning of, of, you know, as we're approaching the new year and we might phase off or realize, wow, I don't even remember what my goals are. I visit mine almost every day, but we, we sometimes forget what they are and whatever, whatever was the reason behind your goal what did you want to feel with that goal? What did you really want to feel? What was the emotion? What was the mindset? What did you want to feel? Because if you're not dialed into that vibration, you're missing mm. something. So what do you want to feel? And allow yourself to feel it. And sometimes an exercise I'll do with clients is, you know, did you want you know, was it maybe a feeling of belonging or connection or approval or control or safety or, you know, this success or whatever it might be. Think of a moment in the past few days where you felt it and allow your body to feel it. A lot of times we feel it with our Mm. pets or our children or a loved one or walk with, you know, in the park, something easy, something simple usually gives it to us with nature or a higher power. And I'll let that feeling just move through your body very quickly. You're in, you dial into it. And if you can just dial into it and then think about your goal, you quickly can kind of, I say dial because it's like a, a mm-hmm. it's a vibration. Mm-hmm. You can get into it and then, okay. I remember why I chose it kind of gets you back into action attaching a feeling to your goals i like that because that there is a reason we picked them there is a reason that those are our goals and if we get back to the root of what that is that in and of itself i mean my goals are right here in front of me Uh, oh yeah i picked that every one of them i can quickly tell you why i picked them 
because they're going to make me feel successful or safe or secure, financially secure, secure, all of those things are the root reasons behind each of those goals. That's, that's powerful. Very powerful. So before we close this, I knew I would, could talk to you forever based on all of this stuff that you do, because this is just, I, I love learning and experiencing all of these things, but you are also a Reiki master. And I just had a conversation with a friend of mine last week, like three days ago, um, where we were at a presentation and the speaker talked about Reiki. And my friend next to me said, I've never done that. She had never heard of it. And I was like, oh, you should totally learn more about that and go visit a master. So tell us in our closing few minutes, what is a Reiki master and who can benefit from that experience? Yeah. So a a Reiki master is someone who channels Reiki energy and which, okay, what is that? (laughs) So the concept is that we are all not just physical beings. We are also energetic beings. And I think a good example is, you know, you walk into a room and usually we can dial in and feel who's, who's in a good mood, who's not in a good mood or, okay, they're not in a good mood. I know in my family, you can tell, oop, they're not in a good mood today. Their energy's off. We can feel it. We have great intuition. And so just like if you maybe go to an acupuncturist, um, energy gets stuck in our body in certain chakras. And so Reiki just helps move that energy through our body smoothly so that we can heal. We're in alignment and our energy is moving and we're you know, we're, we're being our most and our best, most authentic selves. Um, and I use that in combination with hypnotherapy just to really optimize the healing Mm -hmm. and the subconscious beliefs. Um, I also volunteer and, and do it. Local hospitals will have it in cancer units. The woman that I learned from, um, we volunteer and do Reiki free for cancer patients. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, and it's very powerful. Anyone that's never done it, I recommend at least trying it. You will feel a difference, which exactly what I don't need an explanation. Um, I have taken one level of Reiki certification, not certainly far from being a master, but I've experienced it through my yoga training and it's very powerful. And when you finish a session, I, it's hard to describe how you feel, but you know that energy it moves is. in a very different way, and you feel lighter yeah. and more expansive. I think is a word that I yeah, I it flows. Yeah. Your energy yeah, flows. It really does. It's so not. Stopping. I'm going to send this link to my friend and say, "Here you go." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be done remotely in person that, and remotely. If it could be done remotely, okay, that's. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. I've never had that experience. I've always been in person, but maybe I will send you a client. <laughs> great, I'm going to push her to do that. I think it'd be great for her. So, Christina, this has been great. Tell me where our listeners can find you if they want to find out more about all the work that you do. Oh, thank you. So my website is great for that. It's Christina with a C-H, Christina L. Woods.com. And I have work with me. I also have a free hypno meditation oh, awesome. on there, which is Christina L. Woods.com forward slash free, but 
it's on there. And that's a great way to get um, a little taste of yeah, relaxing, a, a relaxing free download. And I always offer a free consultation if anyone wants to learn more if hypnotherapy might help something that they're going through. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you for the work you do going into the hospitals. That's amazing. And um, I I imagine there's lots of stories there where- Yeah, oh, it's incredible, yeah. And every day I'm just- Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much and happy new year to Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you. All right. And we will end this podcast, or I will end this podcast, like I always do, with my grandfather saying, when he was alive, he always told us to stop and take time to smell the roses. So until we meet again, take care.